The Koigig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, I'm just not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being a home personal feminine. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Welcome on Football Show So full time At Stadium 974 Brazil 4-1 winners uh, Against South Korea It was the first half really That was the show Finishes Junior on 7 minutes uh, Cue much dancing Neymar with a penalty on 13 minutes. Q, more dancing. Richarlison, 29 minutes, more dancing, involving the coach this time. And 36 minutes, Pacueta with a strike from outside the area. Q, more dancing. Roy Keane, I can't believe what I'm watching. I've never seen so much dancing. So we're going to talk to Tim Vickery later on. Pat Nevin is with us in the meantime. Hello. Good evening, Joe. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Is the dancing disrespectful? Roy Keane thinks it might be. Or is this uh, Um, Brazil enjoying themselves, a bit of samba, reclaiming their DNA? If it was anyone else, I would say it feels a wee bit disrespectful, but it's Brazilians. That's (laughs) what they do. Um, It must be painful if you're a player playing against it. Um, But in the end, they they were totally brilliant. And if you're... North, uh, South Koreans if you're North Koreans you're not worried if you're South Koreans you're sitting thinking to yourself um, I just want to get out of this I don't want to be embarrassed at 4-0 it could go anywhere at that point in time I, I think the Brazilians were really helped by the fact that they get that early goal and when the second one goes in they know they're not going to lose so they can just go and have fun they can just relax every pass becomes so much easier um, but they taking nothing away from them. It was brilliant to see. And there was there was a commentary on over here um, in Qatar. And they said, if you're a youngster coming through now and you look at this and you, you're just, this is your first World Cup, you remember that first half because it looked so fabulous. And, you know, the, the flicks were brilliant. The goals were brilliant. The movement was fantastic. And it just looked rather, rather fabulous. And, the hope and expectation is to just keep on going. I mean, they've got Croatia now in the next round. That won't be as easy, I suspect. Um, but if they've, if they've got that confidence um, and that belief in that kind of samba style, they, they're going to be a, a beautiful thing to watch. Yes, I would think so. Tim Vickery is going to join us later on this hour. The weekend upcoming is taking shape. So on Friday, we will see Croatia against Brazil. They both came through today. Croatia on penalties against Japan. And also on Friday, we will have Netherlands against Argentina. And of course, on Saturday, France against England certainly catches the eye. What have you been at over the last couple of days? Where have you been? Uh, well, first of all, I was at the Argentina game. Uh, they played against Australia. That was really quite interesting because um, just, I mean, just watching Messi now being in the stadium, watching everything off the ball, it's quite incredible. Your first thought is, why are you just walking about? Why you just walk? You don't do anything. You just walk and then decide when it's time to have a right good dig. Um, I'm hoping you can still hear me because it's got a poor connection here. Um, but the guy manages the game like no one ever, you've ever seen. He waited and waited. He scored this goal, obviously, and turned it on when he had to. Then waited and waited and waited until the space 
came out. And you know every game, I'm sure I've said this before, space develops in every single game of football that is ever played. And it always, as the game goes on, that happens. He just walks about and waits for it. Yeah. And then in the last 15 minutes, he was just incredible. Uh, um, so that was, you know, good to see. Without him, there's no chance. Mm. Absolutely not hope without him having these moments of brilliance. Um, so I was very impressed with Australia keeping the fight going, but, you know, normal service has been re- resumed after all those upsets, as we can see who's going through to these quarters. One of the things, I don't know if it's noticeable coming across on the TV, at the Argentina game, a lot of the games, there's kind of some fans and a lot of plastic fans, right? Yeah. Not with Argentina. Yeah. Absolutely not with Argentina. The noise was incredible. Long before the start of the game, you, you felt as if you were a Boca River Plate game. It was amazing. And then I was on air for an hour after the game. They're still there. <laughs> They're still singing. They're still having a party. So they've got Messi, but they've also got them fans as well. So that gives them a chance, but, but only a chance. I still don't think... In, in the width of it all, there's other teams that have got better strength and depth. And in this competition, you're, God knows you're going to need strength and depth because of the amount of games that are played in quick succession. Yeah, I have to say, they strike me as very unconvincing and they have all tournament. And the game opened up beautifully for Messi in the last 25 minutes. You couldn't have picked a better game for him. And of course, he's got so much quality. He's going to do great things. And his first goal had a real vintage quality to it. But in the main, I don't think there's much to fear when it comes to this Argentine side. And Australia, there was a great line. I think it was Jonathan Liu had it. He was talking about the Argentinian press. And he said, it's not so much a press as a series of polite inquiries. And I think for the first half hour until Messi made that breakthrough, Australia were really starting to feel their way into that game. And we're looking around thinking, you know, there's, there's something here for us. So... I don't know. I mean, the Messi of five, ten years ago, sure, but this it just seems like too big an ask now. It feels like too big an ask. I would agree with you. Um, but that's the only question they've got. It yeah. is the only one. There, yeah. there is not enough quality anywhere else in the team. Uh, Di Maria will come on and do a bit. He didn't play in that game, but he could do a bit. But there's nowhere near enough creativity. They're a decent-ish team, you know, for a World Cup. But without him, it's not even... You know, I, I like the centre backs. The centre backs did well. You know, centre midfield are, are good, they're strong, they're stuffy. They could go old fashioned Argentina and just kick people and try and get draws. They could do that style if Messi wasn't doing it for them. But you, you're so limited. He gives you so much, but you also you cannot press when you've got Messi. You're wasting your time. It's pointless. You can't press with very few men, and particularly up front, a man who can't close down. And it's to take nothing away from him. At that age, with the amount of games, that was his thousandth game. And then scores another goal, 700-odd goals. Um, you can't leave him out because he can still do it. Um, but it's it's kind of... It's kind of it's, it's almost going to be a hard watch when they do go out. And I think they will go out because some teams just going to roller coaster over the top of them. They're just going to steamroll all them, aren't they? And, yeah. and it's going to look a wee bit sad. Um, and I think it's looked sad a few times for Messi purely because he's not had enough quality around him. I think it's going to look sad when it happens this time and somebody might give them a real doing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's to- totally uh, my I'm sense. Totally I'm glad you said that because that's totally my sense but I think there's almost a euphoria that Messi's had some moments in a World Cup and people are maybe overlooking the reality of where Argentina are. It's funny you say that about the press. 
for whatever reason, we're at a, a stage in a cycle for quite a few teams, be it Ronaldo, be it Giroud, be it Lewandowski, be it Messi, where a lot of the big teams just can't press because their ageing superstar is ageing. Exactly. It's a, it's a massive problem for them. They seem to be managing so far to get through, particularly, obviously, France have done well, but they've got so much energy elsewhere. And I suppose to some degree, if you get massive amounts of energy elsewhere, it can compensate for it to some degree. And we'll just see if it's going to be enough for any of those players that you mentioned. Um, but they are all great players. They are all great finishers. But what's been asked of them, and Lewandowski was an interesting one, don't, don't you press, mate, because there's nobody behind you. There's absolutely nobody behind you who's going to help you. There's not enough quality there behind you. So he was uh, caught in a catch-22 anyway, even if he wanted to do that. But, yeah, it's a strange time. It definitely looks like a, a change around World Cup where the next group is going to be led by Mbappe. But, you know, who else is it going to be? Is it going to be Bellingham? Is he actually as good as people think he is? Um, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I'm very fortunate because I've got the, the other games. I was at the Ghana-Uruguay one, by the way. I have to say the pleasure in that, and I'm not one for retribution. <laughs> However, I have to watch Suarez's face when he went out you know, after what had happened. I mean, we talked about it before, but seriously, I had the biggest, cheesiest grin on my face. And I'm nothing against Uruguay. It was just him and what he'd done to Ghana. And Ghana were out as well. And they're not good. They weren't good enough, obviously. But to watch their fans think, oh, so we've got this to hang on to. It, it, honestly, it, it was a joyous moment in the stadium. And if, I'm sure quite a lot of people have done it and have kind of spliced the two pictures together of. Um, Luis Suarez giggling the last time after, uh, in the tunnel when he put Ghana out and this time in tears on the bench and it's uh, well turns out there is a god who'd have known it <laughs> England uh, an interesting case for so many reasons so they will play France next Saturday you mentioned Bellingham I think we all had that moment as he half pirouetted and half bulldozed his way through midfield to set and chain the opening goal of thinking, wow, 19, this is more than just a bit special. Yeah, the amount of people have, have talked about it because they've seen those moments. You know, we've not seen them all, but they've seen those moments and thought, yeah, that's a bit special. And you think of someone, you know, the likes of what Pogba was, and you look at what he's got and you think, yeah, keep your attitude right, mate. And you, you can go easily up that direction and beyond. Um, he, he does look extra, extra special. I've also seen him have quiet games, but you, you do that when you're young. It happens when you're young. But at the moment, now and again, you just see a player's gait change, his body shape change, his attitude towards the rest of the world change. Um, watched it with him. Um, and it's there. It's no doubt. I mean, any team in the world now would just take him. I think it would take him a second. I don't think there's a single team on the planet. If you offer them, they wouldn't take him right now and put him in the first team and playing right away. So he's going to be a very special player. And he could be one of a very few that are quite obvious that are going to be the next massive generation. And it happen because, you know, I think he drives a lot of the energy around the rest of the team. They get a lift from and you can see the energy that they get. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be at the England-France game so, I mean, that's one. I've got, I've got two, actually. I've got two quarters. Don't feel sorry for me because I'm getting too tired now with all these games, right? But I've got the, I'm going to go to the Croatia-Brazil game and the England-France game. Wow. And I suspect I'm going to see the winners of this tournament in, that, in those two games. 
<laughs> and I, I can't wait to see them up close. I think at the moment I'm going to be standing pitch side for the, the England game, right behind the goal. So I'm going to get the closest. And sometimes when you're that close, you can see the ridiculous pace of somebody like Mbappe. And you think, oh, it, it does kind of knock your wind out of you sometimes when you see that. So I've got some absolute crackers. And it feels as if, look, I've enjoyed this World Cup. It's been a cracker of a World Cup. I really enjoyed all the upsets and the excitement and the surprises. Even, you know, the likes of Australia have been competitive and Iran for a wee while. And But we're back to normal now. We're back to the usual ones. And if it goes like expected um, tomorrow, we could actually have, was it Croatia, Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina, England, France, and Portugal, Spain. I mean, some people may actually call that quite boring <laughs> because it's just the usual suspects, isn't it? But there's enough uncertainty there to make it a special World Cup. Yeah, I call it pretty tasty. Uh, we'll come on to the Mbappe problem for England in just a second. But it is just worth uh, reiterating or, or getting your, your, your thoughts on uh, the extent to which they are devastating going forward when they want to be because they put together some absolutely sensational football. There is still a sense there's more in Kane. Every time the camera cuts to the bench and you see a couple of hundred million quids worth of talent kicking their heels waiting to come on, but not sulking either. I think it must be said there's a, I think there is a sense in this team that just because you're not starting, it's not an insult and you will come on and make an impact in those uh, wider positions. You, you throw all that into the pot and mix it up and this feels like they've as good a chance of winning a World Cup as at any stage in my lifetime, that's for sure. Maybe back to 1990, I suppose. I would agree completely. I do look at them because there's that youth. and We're in a time of you need energy and you need pace and you need youth and you need spirit and you don't need a, anyone in your team who thinks he's above anyone else. And they've got that. And you've got to some degree, I applaud Gareth Southgate for doing that. Um, it comes back down to, you know, how you, are you going to allow them to believe in themselves enough? We talk about those players, um, and I'll talk about my old mate Matomo in a, in a minute who missed a penalty tonight, who broke my heart. I didn't even bother watching the penalties that closely because I was so sure Japan were going to get out. But I've watched him grow in this tournament, and I've watched others just mature into it. You can see that with the England team as a group. They could actually do that. I don't think I've watched them playing before and thought that they believed before. But I look at them now and I think, yep, you believe. You absolutely believe because you've got, you know, almost every position you've got good talent, good physical prowess. Um, And and, and certainly with Kane's intelligence at the moment, the times that he's dropping can allow people to go beyond him and he's not worrying if he's not scoring the goals stick all of that together and and as you say that bench as well and it does look actually quite frightening and that said there is the Mbappe problem which is uh, which is interesting there's much speculation that certainly Kyle Walker fancies his chances against Mbappe as much as anyone could fancy their chances against Mbappe but there, there is much speculation nonetheless that Southgate will look at this France team will say to himself this is the best team I've probably come up against at a finals and we'll go for three at the back and we'll go for that extra security what's your read on what uh, Southgate should and will do? I think what he will do 
is I think you go for the back three and you'll have a right full back and you'll have a right wing back um, on Walker that's there to cover the pace. And I think he'll change his whole style for that one player. Um, maybe more than just that one player, but I think just going by what Southgate's done in the past, he will err on the side of caution when the big moment comes. Um, if you lose and you've done it that way, you kick himself forever. Absolutely forever. See if you lose while having a go and saying, right, okay, we'll put a right back up against you. Kyle, you go for him. So you're against him. See if you can stop him. Somebody has to be able to stop him. And then you allow enough of the forward attacking players on and then you don't spend the whole time chasing the ball because you're not, you can actually control parts of the play. And the other big thing is, see if you say to your team, you're good enough to be a back four, I believe in you. They get a big lift from that as well. But I don't think he'll do it. <laughs> I just don't think he'll do it. I think Gareth will almost certainly uh, revert to type and then he'll have to make a change. And if he does make a change, he needs to make that earlier this time. He needs to think, right, okay, need to have a go at this and be brave and be big and be bold and say, right, okay, we may be 1-0 down or it may be really struggling, but I need to go in the front foot. And I, I, I kind of, if he does that, I'll wish them all the best. I'll absolutely wish them all the best um, because they've got enough good players and the likes of Foden are fabulous players. And um, But if they are trying to do it in that kind of timid way, trying to play the break, um, they, they'll, they'll probably, and I think, get what they deserve. Mm. And if he goes five at the back, who comes out or where does the, the what part of the field does a player come out? Well, there's a number of, there's loads of ways to do it. I mean, you, you could do it as in you've got Kane as on point, you, you, would, you would have one player on point. You could maybe have two slightly behind and wider. You could have Foden one side, obviously, and you choose whether it is Saka or, or whether it is, you know, you could look for the pace. You could, what, what's the best bit of pace you've got and attacking and breaking? But that's not a great big deal against the French because they're absolute lightning in most areas at the back as well. So you may be tempted by Rashford as well. So you'd end up doing a five, a two in front of them, a two slightly wider that and a one up. I think that's what Southgate's done in the past, which then drops into a 5-4-1 when you haven't got the ball and it could lead to quite a dull game. Um, that's, I, think the, I think the coaches and the chin strokers would tell you to do that. I think that's what they tell you to do. But you'll notice there are not that many chin strokers in Brazil. <laughs> they just go and play. They just go and try and win it. They believe in their own abilities and and finding the weaknesses in the opposition. Um, and I just get a feeling the French could be capable of doing that. But there are, like, the, the French are not perfect. There are weaknesses with the French as well. So, you know, that's why I, I would say, look, do you believe you're good enough? And if you believe you're good enough, go for it. And if, you know, you lose, and you lose having a dig, that's fine. And I, I think he would be forgiven for that. Now, I think he would forgive himself for that. Because 20 years down the line, you're sitting being an older man thinking, what should I have done? You never, ever regret having a go, but you do regret being timid, certainly in football. Mm. Especially when he's got such talent at his disposal. It's not a... Talent, a, talent is growing as well, Joe. Ch talent is... That is believing in itself. Talent that's been let off the leash in this tournament and, and has been told, you're good enough believe you and if they suddenly get this wee knockback of right okay then we're going to be a wee bit more defensive now it, it kind of might knock that and you don't need that now you need to get you think about the teams that grow into tournaments 
They grow into tournaments not by being less positive. They grow into tournaments by believing that much more. Um, and as I say, I always go back to at the moment, the teams that are winning things in the world stage and in the top leagues are generally positive teams, are generally attack-minded teams. That's where the game is at the moment. Mm. Matty Cash had some uh, interesting comments about what it's like to mark Mbappe. So it was, uh, and I guess you've been on the other side of this, especially if you knew you had the beating of your man for pace in particular. So he was talking afterwards. He wasn't even that disappointed. He was almost acknowledging there is a gap between Matty Cash and Kylian Mbappe. He said, I didn't know whether to drop off or to go tight. Whenever I went tight to him, he just spun in behind me. And then he, he, he described what's like, you know, that, and you've seen it and you've probably done it against certain players. Mbappe can almost do it to anyone. He said, when Mbappe gets the ball, he stops and, and, you know, he stands you up. And then he said, once he moves, he's the quickest thing I've ever seen. And this is what makes Mbappe, I suppose, so devastating. We've seen him so many times stand up a defender and, and he's in complete control of the situation. And when he goes, he gets a mini head start and you're in big trouble. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Messi. It's, it's not something I dare say Mbappe will be able to do when he's 35. But for the foreseeable, it's pretty much an unstoppable weapon in a one-on-one. And the the answer to that, and t- for time and memorial against that type of player, not I don't know if there's been that many that good, is one in front and one behind. That's it. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's not complicated. You one guy who drops off two yards and one guy sits in front of him, and that's it. Problem is, of course, that leaves a gap elsewhere. Yeah. So, and or else he is to move off that line. So that that's the simple thing you've done. But because of the sophistication of teams like the French, they will say, okay, you've got two players over there. There's gap somewhere else. We'll find it. And they generally will. Um, but that is the thing you do if you're against a player who is basically in... It was on the telly I was watching tonight. And I can remember him once, because he played in various positions. I remember watching him playing against him once. And he was playing in the left wing. And after I just thought, that's no point. <laughs> you can do whatever you like. He's better in the air than the player he's playing against. He's quicker. He's got more skill. He can drop, he can go long, he can do everything. And he can do it far better than the player he's playing against. And by the way, the player he's playing against is pretty good at that time. And I remember I was sitting on the bench and I came on quite late. I was dying on early so I could do that one in front, one behind. I wanted to, to help my, my fullback. I got in for the last 10 minutes or something like that. The game was dead by then. But I remember thinking, if you leave those players one and one, it's, I mean, to be honest, you don't even need to be that good. If you are, I, I Joyed in getting a one-on-one because you didn't often get it. He actually gets it a wee bit more often than you would think, but that's because it's quality players all around the field. So it's as simple as that: double bank, but preferably one in front, one behind. Yes. If you double bank, if you double up, and there's two on, you can still do it. But one front stops the ball getting through, and the one behind you just drop off as far as possible. The line just dropped there at the vital moment where you said the player you were talking about. Who was it? Right, I hope he's not listening. Stevie Clark. <laughs> okay. And who was the attacking player? We missed that. Oh, sorry. It was Rude Hullet. Rude Hullet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that Such an interesting moment because we the line has generally, bar the odd pause, been very good. And we just missed you saying Hullet. And I was wondering who you were talking about for the, for the <laughs> minute thereafter. And now you say his name. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see how he is better in the air and can do all those things. Yeah, okay. Force, force <laughs> of nature. Force of nature. Absolutely. I mean, you get those players when they are at the peak of their powers. Um, and there are very few of them. That's why I mentioned who it is. You have to be that special that 
there is no clear weakness. Although I heard him speaking tonight, he did have a clear weakness. I didn't know this. He hated taking penalties. He couldn't cope. He ah. despised it. Ah. By the way, M- Messi, is, that's his one weakness as well, isn't it? He hated it as well. Didn't like taking penalties. To think of the goals those people could have had if it were bigger penalty kick takers, that would have been incredible. But uh, but that's the case. You, the thing is, you can stop anyone. The problem is, you leave a gap elsewhere. Yes. It's, it's not complicated when you think about it. Okay. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for checking in and uh, let's talk next week. We, I mean, we'll have a pretty tasty weekend next Monday or Tuesday to reflect on whenever we speak to you. So thanks so much. Pleasure. Speak soon. Cheers. Sorry about the blips. No, no, no. Thanks, Emil. Pat Nevin with us. I think we did well under the circumstances. So Pat with us there from Qatar. And again, if you're just tuning in, Japan won, Croatia won was how it finished earlier on today. And uh, very poor penalties from Japan. Croatia through and they will play Brazil next weekend. Brazil four, South Korea one. And speaking of Brazil, we'll be going to Rio next and talking to Tim Vickery. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports